Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgren, Bill Belichick, where all students of Bill Walsh don't ever forget. I'm Lee Gowland. I'm Brian Davis. And this is the 49er Fearful UK Show. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the 49er Faithful UK show. On today's show we're going to be previewing the game against the Panthers on Sunday and I am joined by William Sinden. Hello William. Hello, how are you? I'm fine, I'm fine indeed. Uh, we are 6-0, it's been a good season, um, it's been an enjoyable season. So, yes. do you want to tell the listeners where you were from and why you were a 49ers fan? Yeah, I'm from South London. I've I've been a 49ers fan since I was seven years old in 2002 when the likes of Jeff Garcia, Terrell Owens, uh, Frank Gore um, have all been playing. And ever since then, I've had many down and up years, mostly down with the 49ers. But um, at the moment, very, very happy, 6-0. and So I couldn't be happier at the moment being a 49ers fan. Yeah, yeah, it's been good. At the moment, it's been good. Uh, we have had some lean years, apart from the Harbour years uh, recently. So I, I believe you are a player, an American football player, on the defensive line. Is that correct? I That is correct. I have dabbled um, in American football myself at university. I used to play for the Hertfordshire Hurricanes at defensive end and defensive line. Um, if I was any good, that would be lying. So... <laughs> <laughs> But it's certainly a position I respect a lot more um, doing. And actually seeing how our defensive line have been this year, I can only take my hat off to how unbelievably well we're playing on the defensive front. Yeah, it's been a joy to watch this year on the defensive front. In in fact, looking at the defensive line this year, or the the defence as a whole, I I would... I'm hesitant to say it, but I think we look better on defence now than what we did in the Harbour years when we had the likes of Willis and Bowman um, leading the defence. I'm not saying we've got better inside linebackers. We haven't because those were absolute immense players at those positions. But as a whole, I think defensively, it just feels a lot a lot more rounded, a lot more balanced, the defence this time. And we, we seem to be getting after the quarterback a lot more than what I remember during those years. I think we're more about stopping the run. Um, we never really had what you would call an elite cornerback during those years under Harbour. And I think at the moment, we, we look a lot better. We look more like, a, a well, we're the number one ranked passing defence, definitely. So we, we're stopping people passing the ball on us. And it just makes that a little bit more exciting because we're getting after the quarterback so often. I completely agree. Um What's even better is that we don't have to blitz on any plays. And if we do, it's very rarely to stop the run. So we've got the likes of Quan Alexander, uh, Fred Warner dropping back and going into zonal. Whereas in the past, Willis would definitely have been a blitz rusher. Not saying that he wasn't unbelievable what he did, but in zonal defense, he wasn't as good as what we have right now, I believe, with Robert Salah. So on to Sunday's game, or on to Sunday, actually. So on Sunday... It will be 62 years since Tony Morabito lay slumped in his favourite corner chair in the press box at Kizar. 
the founding owner of the San Francisco 49ers, suffered a fatal heart attack while he watched his beloved 49ers play in the Chicago Bears. He was actually only 47 when he died. So Sunday is going to be an important game for the franchise as a whole as they remember the original founding member, Tony Morabito. In the head-to-head, the Panthers lead the series 13-8, with the 49ers actually only winning once in the last 18 years, and that came in a divisional round game in 2014. In both games since then, we've been comprehensively beaten. When you look at the stats between the two teams, on offense, it's pretty similar with a bit of a twist. So we are 7th overall, the Panthers are actually 20th, but there's not that much in the yardage to, between 7th and 20th. We are much better rushing the ball, believe it or not, even though Christian McCaffrey's having an absolute excellent year. We're quite balanced in the passing. Where the difference is, is on defence. And defence, we're 2nd overall, they are 12th but there's a huge difference in the average yardage they allow. So we only allow 224 yards per game on average. They actually allow 345 yards per game on average. So just going from 2nd to 12th, that's a huge gulf in the quality you've got in defence. So then you look at the passing. I've already mentioned we with the first-ranked passing defence only allowing an average of 134 yards. That, that's absolutely excellent. The Panthers are 8th, allowing 225 yards. It's in rushing where I think the game is going to be won and lost on Sunday night. We've got the 8th ranked rushing defence, allowing only an average of 90 yards, and the Panthers have got the 23rd rushing defence. And I think this is where our weapons are for for scoring the points. We, we tend to use the rush a lot more than what we've done passing it tends to be slightly in favor of the rush it's it's not it's not exaggerated towards the rush but it is noticeable that we do rush the ball a lot more than what we pass the ball so that should be somewhere we need to improve as far as balance is concerned so on Sunday night when we come up against the Panthers there's going to be quite a few different matchups um either side of the ball which is going to end up in one team winning and one team losing. Looking at the team that we're going to be facing, the Panthers, for you, where do you see the matchups being where we need to win? Matchups being in the secondary. Um, unfortunately, we're going up against one of our old safeties in Eric Reed, who has stated already that he's not out for revenge, but he, he doesn't forget. And I think that means he's got a bit of a grudge to the 49ers, and I reckon that's going to give him a bit more... I reckon, oomph when he's going up against us. So the secondary, definitely. And Jimmy's been quite prone to picks this year. It's 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 not the biggest worry, but he hasn't been doing what a franchise quarterback like the weight he's on is meant to do, in my opinion. But we've got Emmanuel Sanders. Hopefully that will free him up a bit on the, on the right side of the field. We've got um, Goodwin and then probably put Pettis in the slot. So... Um, where we need to win is in the, in their secondary. We need Jimmy to get the ball passing. Against the rush, I saw against the Pam, um, the Buccaneers, uh, Buccaneers did quite well on the rush against them, and the Buccaneers also stopped their rush quite well as well. Christian McCaffrey got under 100 yards. Yeah, he got two touchdowns, but one was for a passing play and one was on the one-yard line. So 
I think what everywhere else, I just think we need to focus mainly on their secondary and creating routes, creating space to get our receivers open. Yeah. Yeah, so I, th- I think it's going to be an interesting battle up front, to be honest, between the Panthers' uh, D-line and the 49ers' O-line. Um, as I've said, the Panthers are ranked 23rd against the run, although the average yards allowed isn't as high as you'd expect for such a low-ranking um, team against the run. And it's an area I believe we will need to win to come away with the victory. I'm actually expecting the play calling to be fairly balanced on offence or over the full course of the game. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how many targets Sanders gets on Sunday night after such a relatively short period of time to actually practice with the team. I think definitely stopping McCaffrey has has got to be key. He's been on fire this year. I think if we do stop his runs, I think we win this game. There's been a lot made about Kyle Allen and whether or not uh, he is going to supplant Cam Newton as the starting quarterback of the Panthers. I don't particularly think he is. I think once Cam Newton's fit, he will slot back in there. Looking at the body of work that Kyle Allen's put in over the last four games, he is doing really well. He's had no interceptions. So he is looking after the ball as far as trying to keep it out of the opposing defence's hands when he's thrown it. However, he's also fumbled the ball four times. So he is susceptible to causing turnovers. As far as our run game is concerned, I think we took a bit of a dip against the Redskins. I think it was obvious that we were missing juice. Mind you, I haven't said that. The Redskins game was a complete anomaly because it was such a washout. But I do think that's going to be the case this Sunday as well. I think we're not going to be able to get as much penetration through when we run the ball. But I think it is something that we need to balance out running and throwing if we do that, then I think we might be in with the chance of, of beating the Panthers. And to be honest, the Panthers, for me, th- this is going to be one of the, the tilt games. It, it can go either way. Um, I don't think there's going to be much in it at all. I think the advantage we've got is the fact that we're at Levi's. I think that will work well. The fans are starting to get behind us again. We, we've missed that over the years. We, we tend to be quiet for the last three, four years. It's been a bit disappointing. Um, when I was over in 2015 and 2017, the, the crowd was dead. I mean, in fact, 2017 um, against the Seahawks, you could hear the Seahawks fans more than what you could hear the 49ers fans. So that was a little bit disappointing. But we've proven already this year in our home games that the fans are behind us again. We're making the noise and we're making it difficult for opposing quarterbacks. So Kyle Allen, he's a second-year quarterback. He's not a rookie. He was there last year. But it's still going to play on him. If we can make enough noise and obviously the speed of our pass rush, I think it's going to affect him. I completely agree. The one thing that I am interested about this matchup, it looks very similar to the Steelers matchup we had because backup quarterback, good running, good defensive line, good O-line. It seems very similar to the Steelers game where, amazingly, we overturned the ball five times and we managed to go with a win. We should have won comfortably that game. I reckon it's going to be a similar result um, come Sunday for the Panthers and the 49ers. However, I see us turning the ball over a lot less and actually winning this quite comfortably. I I honestly can see it being a three-point game. 
That's interesting, that. Um, it, it, it's interesting because of what my score prediction is, which I'm not going to give away at the moment. I'll give away that at the end. But uh, it, it's interesting your view on that and what the score's going to be like. And to be honest, I hope it is like the um, Steelers game, minus the, the turnovers. Like I said, I think it's a big test for us. We've got some... The Panthers have got some really good players on their defence. And I've just been talking about the 49ers pass rush. The Panthers are really quick on pass rush as well. They're, they're really good. They've got Gerald McCoy, who's, who's been playing out of his skin ever since he came into the league. I think he's only had one bad season. Um, and he's on fire again. He's, he's playing really well. Um, you've got uh, Dontaria Poe in the centre there. He, he's kind of upped his game a little bit. Look, looking at his PFF rating, I think he's benefited from having Gerald McCoy to, to his left. And he's starting to make a lot more penetration than what he has done in the past. He's definitely scoring higher on PFF. Obviously, it doesn't normally tell the real story. That There's other stuff you need to look at other than PFF rating. But along their defensive front, they're looking good. I think there's only the one weakness there where it's going to give us a bit of respite. But I'll go back over to our side of the ball, the offensive side of the ball. I think Justin School has been absolutely excellent when he's uh, subbed for Joe Staley. I think Brunskill has done really, really well for McGlinchey. And the fact that we've got two relatively new players, or two, a rookie in school, and I think Brunskill is a second-year player, to replace our two tackles and still do as well as what we are doing, I think is excellent. So this will be another big test for them. I think it's the same test, or maybe it's not as big a test as it was against the Rams. I think the Rams was a bigger test for them. Obviously, McGlinchey played uh, part of that game. Um, Brunskill didn't have the full game there. But that was two brand new tackles we ended up finishing the game with. And we did okay. Um, I think they only sacked Jimmy Garoppolo once. And I think the Rams' defence is better than the Panthers' defence, or at least they were last year. They might be underperforming this year. But yeah, so for me, I said it before... I'll say it again, the, the Panthers D-line and the 49ers O-line, I think that's where the battle's going to be. That That's what's going to change the game. When you look at the Panthers O-line, I think there's plenty of gaps in there for us to exploit. And the fact that we've got the best pass rush in the league, we uh, number one against the pass, I think it's going to be very difficult for the Panthers to pass on us. And if they're going to rely on the run... Well, we can easily stack the box against the run. Obviously, that might open up the passing lanes, but I think definitely on the defensive side of the ball, we're going to cause a lot of problems for Kyle Allen. Offensively, we need to have our O-line stay strong, make the gaps for the running game, because I think we're going to struggle a little bit with the running game. It, but if we do open up the running game or open up those lanes, then we can open up the passing game as well. Um, at the moment, they've got Emmanuel Sanders down as a slot receiver. I don't particularly think that's correct. I know he can play in the slot. and I know they wanted somebody there who was reliable in the slot. But I can definitely see him as a, a, our number one wide out um, rather than a slot receiver. Sometimes I don't understand why PFF make that designation towards a receiver when he's definitely not there to do that job. What do you think of the addition of Emmanuel Sanders? It's 
not a trade that I was entirely happy with. I think we gave up too much for not that great a deal back. We're still paying him, I think, five million this year, which is going to affect our cap in a way. So we're going to have to rejig the cap a little bit for the subsequent years if we're going to sign him again. But five million for half a season, uh, it could work out. I just don't think Emmanuel Sanders is his Super Bowl 50. But the interesting thing about um, Emmanuel Sanders is that Wes Welker, they were teammates in 2014. So Wes Welker's now a wide receiver coach. It could work out quite well, I, I reckon. But it, again, I think it's a risky move. I don't think we should have given up the amount of draft capital that we did. But I mean, anything to improve the wide receiving core, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with seeing as Jalen Hurd's out for what looks to be the season now. So I haven't seen an update on Jalen Hurd. I, I know he had a little, a little bit of a setback. Um, during the week, uh, Shanahan mentioned both Taylor and Jalen Hurd had had a little bit of a setback because he was expecting them back a little bit sooner than what he'll get them back. I, I think he'll still be in. Like I said, I haven't read anything that suggests he's going to be out for the season. At least I hope he's not going to be out for the season. As far as the trade is concerned, Sanders was one of the ones I was looking at as a potential trade target. When I looked at his age, that, that kind of put me off, his age. N not the contract stuff, because he's out of contract at the end of the season. So he is uh, a free agent uh, at the end of the yep. season. I, I think that'll give us an opportunity to sign him to a, a smaller contract or one that is team-friendly. I think as far as the picks are concerned, um, we, we gave up uh, a third and a fourth. I think the way the 49ers are looking at it, because we got their fifth-round pick as well, if we do go as far as what the want us to go, which is obviously the Super Bowl, we're going to be picking either 31st or 32nd overall anyway. If the Broncos tank as much as we think they're going to tank, they, they, might, be, <laughs> they might be picking third or fourth. So effectively, we've actually only given up a third round pick because their fourth round pick is, is oh sorry, their fifth round pick is literally going to be no more than probably 10 picks after our fourth round pick so for me I, th I think we've given up even though it says third and fourth and a fifth value wise uh, i think we've probably given up a, th a third and the equivalent value of a, a, a mid sixth round pick to a late sixth round pick so the picks don't bother me that much what we give up what it does what does bother me is the fact that now looking at next year's draft We've got a first-round pick, and then we don't have anything to the fifth round. I think that's that's the big one for me, and that's why I can see us trying to trade away one of our players, and that's why I put up the, the poll in the group. Who do you think we'll um, trade? What I think, or how I think people answered that question was who they wanted us to trade, not who they realistically thought we will trade. Um, because a lot of people, in fact, I, I think it was overwhelmingly, C.J. Bethard was going to be the one that would be traded. That's not necessarily the person that will be traded. And a lot of people made that argument, even though they voted for C.J. Bethard. Um, they actually said in the thread, in, in the post, that we don't think there's a trademark out there for C.J., but there would be for Nick Mullins. But everybody went for C.J. So in my, in my view, everybody's question, or everybody's answer to that question, should have been Nick Mullins, because he's more likely to be traded than C.J. Bethard. But 
Goodwin. So there's been talk today, in fact, there's been talk in the last hour, I, I, I say on Twitter, that we shop in Goodwin. And that makes sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me because he hasn't been great this season. He regressed last season. The best season he had for us was the first season he came in. So I would be quite happy to see a trade for Goodwin as long as it got us a, a decent pick, um, either a third or a fourth round pick. I don't necessarily think we will get that from him. Or if we do, it's probably going to be a, a mid-fourth, a mid fourth, depending on which team comes in. Um, but yeah, I think we need to start looking at some of the players we've got that we don't necessarily want to keep going forward into next season. Shanahan and Lynch haven't made a secret of the fact that they want to go younger on both sides of the ball, get a young, a young team together who are going to compete for the next five or six years at least. So yeah, the Goodwin, the Goodwin rumours, they don't shock us at all. I, I understand that. Let's hope somebody bites and, and takes the bet. Um. On that draft pick, I think we gave up a first for D Ford, so I think we've only got the second round pick. No, it was a, it was definitely a second round pick for D Ford. I don't think it was a first. I could be wrong then. I I just assumed that we didn't have the first round pick and we were going to have the second and the fifth, and that was all we were going to have. That's why I was worried about our draft capital. Yeah. Now you've said that, I'm going to go away and check it, but I, I was sure it was the second round pick that we gave up for, for D Ford. Um but I don't mind being proven wrong. I don't know everything, so I'll go <laughs> in and I'll check that. Um, but I definitely think it was a second-round pick that we gave up for him. But still, I mean, you go from first round all the way to fifth round. Um, there's a lot of value to be had in, in those rounds in between. But then oh, you look at some of the yeah. players we've picked up in the later rounds. George Kissel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That That's exactly oh, the person I was thinking of. So... It's quite an interesting stat that came out recently. It said if you could redo the the draft from 2017, uh, George Kittle would have ended up as the fifth pick overall, and he I think he went in the fifth round at uh, 120, 140th pick or something. Yeah, something something mad. And yeah, I, I read those posts. I, I read those posts by um, the analysts on NFL.com, and I, I read them just out of interest to see what everybody was thinking. Obviously, it's it's great having hindsight. It's absolutely but fantastic it means having nothing. hindsight because it's coaching. Like Brady went in what the hundred ninety second pick, and he's turned into the greatest callback of all time. I mean, you can't use draft as an excuse. As yeah, well, if you look at Heisman Trophy winners, there hasn't been many Heisman Trophy winners winning or doing very well in the in the NFL. So. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, the Heisman Trophy, um, that doesn't guarantee success. Um, the most obvious person I can think of uh, being a recipient of the Heisman Trophy is Johnny Manziel. I, I, re I remember him being announced as the winner. And at the time, I didn't realise how much of a douchebag he was. And I thought, <laughs> well done, lad, well done. Because I think he was, I think it was the youngest, the youngest player to actually win the Heisman Trophy. And I thought, I can't wait to see him in the NFL. Draft day is when he put me off him. When he walked on that stage, making the money sign, I thought, you arrogant. utter arrogant tit. <laughs> I can't wait to see you fall on your face. And luckily enough, it all happened. He, he just set himself up for failure the day he walked onto that, um, 
onto the stage during the draft because that was it. You could just see it in his face. He thought he didn't have to work ever again. He thought he'd no. done the hard work. The hard work started that day and he forgot to turn I up for it. I see the same to a lesser extent with um, Baker Mayfield. Baker's obviously done a lot more than Johnny has, but I think there's just, I don't know. I mean, what San Francisco to the Browns made me more happy than um, the last five seasons put together <laughs> from the 49ers, just completely decimating them. It was it was something to behold, I reckon. It was, it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I won't disagree with you there. So let, let's get back out of this rabbit hole because we've done a Gowland special yeah. and gone down a rabbit hole. Um, Sorry about that. To, no, no, that's that's me. That um, so back on to Sunday's game. Um, so I mentioned before, Kyle Allen. He, he seems to be a decent quarterback, but only when he isn't pressured. Um, what we know about our defense is they're going to pressure him all game. They're not going to give him a second. He's going to be pressured all game. I'll make a bold prediction, and I'm going to say I wouldn't be surprised to see him pass for less than 110 yards, and I'm actually going to go for three interceptions with Uncle Sherman wow. picking two of them. Full disclosure, that's got absolutely nothing to do with the fact that I made a bold prediction for the season that Sherman would get five. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe a little bit. So on the flip side of that, I have noticed that NFL analyst and former 49er Michael Robinson has actually countered my bold prediction. And he has a Panthers win with Kyle Allen actually thrown for 300 plus yards and three touchdowns against the number one ranked pass defense in the NFL. This is a quarterback that has never ever thrown for 300 yards in an NFL game. And in four games has been sacked 10 times and has fumbled four. Although, as I've mentioned before, he does have zero interceptions to his name. But he's on the road. He's playing against the number one ranked pass defense. So that prediction from Michael Robinson is indeed a bold prediction. It's a bold prediction. It's also very misinformed, unfortunately. But <laughs> Definitely. Well, um, I'll take that for you without a shadow of a doubt. So do you have any bold predictions for the game? Uh, my bold prediction is I reckon we're going to win the game 35-3. 35-3? Yes. Yeah, I would, I would consider that to be a bold prediction given, <laughs> given the makeup of both teams. I, th I think it's going to be incredibly close, if I'm honest. Um, so with that, we'll, let's move on to the prediction. So you're going for 35-3. So the over-under is 42.5 with the 49ers 5.5 point favourites. So that would put you under with a, with a win for the 49ers of 35-3. So personally... I don't actually think we're going to cover that five and a half points. But I do think we will win. I'm going to go over with a narrow 49ers victory of 24-20. So we go over by a point and a half. But the Panthers keep it within four points. I think it's going to be that close. I'm convinced this is going to be a pivotal game for the 49ers. Leading up to three divisional games. I think if we can get this win on Sunday night, that sets us, sets us up perfectly um, for the two Cardinals games at Levi's and down in Arizona. And obviously sandwiched in between those games, we've got the Seahawks at Levi's. We beat the Seahawks at Levi's last season. I think we much improved on last season. I don't particularly think the Seahawks, Seahawks are. I think they are overrated, as they have been for the last couple of seasons. I don't think they're as good as what people make out. 
but I'm going to upset all of our fans by saying I, I think Russell Wilson is an absolutely excellent quarterback. I love watching him play. I love watching him escape the pressure. And I, I think his accuracy is unbelievable with his passes. I completely but agree. I, I think in the last game against the Ravens, the Ravens got to him. And I think we can get to him. And I think we can get to him a lot better than what the Ravens did. So that's why I think we can win that game. So for me, Sunday night is pivotal. If we win Sunday night, we're going to march into Levi's on November the 24th with a 10-0 record against probably our biggest rival in the NFC this season, the Green Bay Packers. And that might surprise people because everybody's thinking the Saints are the best team in the uh, NFC. I, I think the Green Bay Packers is going to be a much harder game even though it's at Levi's, I think it's going to be a much harder game than us going away to the Saints and playing against the Saints. Oof. I, I, oof. <laughs> the Mercedes Superdome is not a stadium I think is friendly to any away, any away team. And I think it's... I Like with the Seahawks, if you shut down Aaron Rodgers, even with um, Aaron Jones in their backfield... I honestly believe the we if we get to Aaron Rodgers we've won the game. Same with Russell Wilson. You saw it against the Ravens; they shut out Russell Wilson completely, and that was game over. Yeah, yeah. The the, the Ravens will be a tough game. Um, yes. In fact, did I actually mention it on the review show for the Browns? Potentially, I can see a Ravens Forty ers Super Bowl. Oh, no, don't say that. I'm having flashbacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would be a very sweet victory if that was the case. If we got the Super Bowl and it was against the Ravens, that would be a very sweet victory indeed. Because when yeah, the Ravens up. beat us, they were not the best team on the day, ne never mind over the season. It's that goal line stop. Yeah, it is, yeah. And that's what I was just thinking of. Greg, Greg Roman. And it just infuriates oh. me, just thinking about those four players. But yes, so that'd be a sweet victory indeed. Right, so we've done our predictions, we've done our ball predictions. Uh, the ball prediction I went for was the 110 yards passing and the three interceptions. Hopefully Uncle Sherman picking two of those. Maybe he's even taking one back to the house. Maybe that's been a bit greedy, that actually. Um, picking two, <laughs> that's, that's fine for me. Three interceptions, yeah. And a bold prediction of a 35-3 win. I tell you what, if we do have a 35-3 win, that's going to make everybody sit up and listen and take us seriously. Because they're still not doing it, regardless of what um, Sherman said in interviews. You, you read the NFL analysts and they're, they're, all, they're all picking against us. Keep doing it. Keep doing it because we'll keep proving them wrong. As Sherman said, if call us pretenders then, call us pretenders now. Keep doing it. I'm I'm happy. I'm happy being the underdog, even though we're at six and zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Oh, I love being the underdog. Let them write us off all season long, and even if we get the Super Bowl, let them write us off in the Super Bowl as well. And then we can just give them a good slap of reality when we lift that Lombardi Trophy in February. Oh, I can dream. <laughs> <laughs> right, William. Thanks for joining me today on today's show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you. No problem. Once again, thank you to you guys, the listeners, who make this worthwhile. 
We'll be back on Monday with the Panthers Review Show. If you haven't done it already, please rate us on iTunes and remember to subscribe to ensure that you get the latest podcast when they are released. Also, check out our YouTube channel by searching for 49 Faithful UK. I'm looking forward to Monday's review show, where hopefully we'll be discussing going 7 0. Until then, go Niners. Deep in the heart, like Joe Montana in the corner, deep heart. Garrison Hurst, stiff far going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick, where all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget.